sassy Little bit crazy, little bit classy We got dreams and we got goals We're just a couple of old sassholes Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hello. I was like, you're like three and a two and a one. I'm like, okay, we're doing the Disney Here fucking we... version today. Yeah. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hi, welcome to a couple of Sassel's podcast. I'm Brooklyn Maple. And I am Heather Terry. And this is our power hour of true crime, fucked up shit by fucked up people for no fucking reason. There never the is. Or is there? I know. Ooh. Burr, burr, burr. Yeah. There are people that are the killing kind. The killing kind? The killing kind. The, yeah. the kind that should be killed. Those fuckers. The, but that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> At least I don't think so. No. You told us about how a freaking group of uh, civilians is what I wanted to say, but like villagers killed a bad guy. So that yes. was a good one. He was the killing kind. Well, he sucked. He did suck. He did suck. Speaking of suck. Okay. Let's talk about dick. What? So... <laughs> Whoa. I know. I'm coming in hard and fast like a dick. <laughs> so many things. Am I on a show? Like okay, go. penises. Let okay. me tell you. Let's go. I was talking to somebody. I can't. He, he, he requested to not be named. And I was like, cool. You're springing this on me. I know. This story. Because you look so pleased. Okay, I'm proud continue. of myself. Continue. Because I have a story to tell. All right. So have you ever heard of docking? No. Okay. So I apparently heard, I can't even make eye contact. <laughs> I heard that in high school locker rooms, okay. that guys can be very, I think the word's homoerotic. Okay. So that. I already feel weird because you said high school boys. So, like, okay. And Ugh. yes. And the, the individual, um, let's just imagine that a person, it, there's a screen, there's a person, it's all shadow and their voice is being changed was like um you never no high school guy ever told you this and i was like dude what the fuck when i was in high school i'm pretty sure they were just trying to date me and so no they were not going to tell me about their slapping other guys penises in the what? locker room what are you talking and i was about? like and currently as an adult i would do two years in jail if i talked to a high school boy about these things yeah so, docking is okay Everyone visualize. I don't want to we, say college guys at no, the very least. It doesn't matter. I'm not, I don't want to say high school at all. Uh, Docking yeah. has nothing to do about your age. Oh, okay. That's no. why. Okay. It's just that I heard that this happened in high school locker rooms and that they would also like slap peens and stuff. And like it was real, real lesbian. You know what I'm saying? So we have two penises okay. and they're facing each other. Okay. Okay. They're facing, they're each, facing other. each other. They're having a private conversation. They're playing Red Rover. Yes. Yes. Her okay. Penises, penis tips. Are I wish that y'all could see her. And then hands. I look like I have a Chinese finger trap. That's what I look like. That right was now. such a good. Okay. Continue. Anyway, okay. I had a flashback to Chinese finger trapping. Anywho. So then one penis. Okay. Would then take its penis skin. It's flesh and put it over the other penis and they would be connected or docked. Like a finger will. trap. Why though? I don't know. And I asked that. And the answer I received was, I don't know. I never did. I go, I, and he goes, <laughs> I feel like, like this he is goes, made I up. Wasn't, no, this is so funny. He was like, uh, I was like, so which penis were you? <laughs> and he goes, the one in the corner, not doing that. <laughs> I was like, so that's, a, I don't know. 
And it was a very interesting conversation of like, when we were in high school, like I would kiss my girlfriends goodbye, but I also have a little gay in me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I do and know what you're saying. <laughs> you, yeah. I got a little, a little glitter in my tank, if you, if you feels me. A little. <laughs> and so... That like he was like you know women are will hold hands and we'll hug and we'll lay on each other and we'll cuddle and we'll we'll touch each other's hair but we definitely weren't slapping titties in the locker room we don't so guys aren't very touchy feely but apparently they do some real okay fruity shit is, up in the bat in the locker room is this has was this witnessed or yes. is this just like I heard that a, Chucky and this Greg was a witnessed event put a sweater on the other pole. Yeah. That is so weird. It's very weird. And I don't, was it a dare? I don't know. Why? And I said, how did it occur? And they're like, I don't know. It was just like a. That's not a situation that that escalates quickly. I don't see. We're assuming that this is a a situation that escalated or this is just rowdy male homoerotic behavior in a locker room with penises flailing around town. They're all helicoptered. Sister, I don't know. I don't know what goes on in locker rooms. I, d- but apparently, docking is one of them. You're welcome. I, you welcome. I don't know where to go from here. I know where to go to my story, which You're is gonna- full of ass play. <laughs> yeah, I, she's pivoting all over the place, and I, I don't know. know where we're going. I'm fucking Ross Geller in a stairwell on Friends, circa '94. So you're okay. Go ahead. Okay. So let's talk about it, everybody. This story was chosen because I Googled uh, penises in locker rooms. Is that what you Googled? No, I Googled big buttholes, and this is what popped up. No, that's my favorite thing to Google is big buttholes. Fat assholes. Oh my God. I wonder what would happen if you did Google big buttholes. Do do it. I bet it would be a butthole that just got fisted. Do it on your phone. No, but I bet that's what it is, right? (laughs) I mean, a hundred percent. If you Googled what if somebody big has like buttholes, a, it would be no, it's someone who just got fisted. Let but what if like people say wide set vaginas, what if they have a wide set asshole? Dude, a big a big asshole is one that just had a fist put in it. Okay. Or that black guy's penis that was that Christmas card guy. The big Bigger one that did he die? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm pre- because he couldn't carry around the big penis. <laughs> His back gave out. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. What is? I don't know. Where we're, we're not going. charging $4.99 a minute for this, so know, maybe so we anyway, should. I okay. Stop talking about nasty stuff. Let me talk about it. <laughs> You're the one that brought the dick finger so, traps right off the jump out of nowhere with visual aids. Not really. You guys should have seen the picture she showed me. Oh my god! <laughs> I literally have a cop in my front door like the next day. I'm like what? I, no, I did not have underage boys' penises on my phone. You're playing hide and wane on your phone. Ugh. Hide and Wayne. Anyway, right, so I googled story. um crazy serial killers and this guy popped up. His name's Carl Panzram. Have you ever heard of him? Panzram? Panzram. P A N Z R A M. No. Okay. So whenever I found him, I was like, ooh, this is some shit. And then as I was um continuing my meal, I found out it was a very, very hearty stew. Okay. I also realized that we had one day since we've been back from vacation for me to pull this together. So how did I pull it together? All of our sleuths out there. Well, Brooklyn did it the way that Brooklyn does it. She copied and pasted Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) This is brought to you by Wikipedia. Any other site? Um, I looked at the crime wire. 
And I got through six sentences before I then had to carry on with my life. So as we have spent a glorious four days, three days, whatever days at CrimeCon and talked to other podcasters who apparently do not put out episodes every single week, made us feel better that we don't always get to do 87 hours worth of research on our stuff. So guys, if you want to follow along, you can literally go to wikipedia.com <laughs> and you can type in Carl Panzram because this Listen, is a read along. I love this. And you have read to me before, so I'm I excited to. It's not weird. It was a lawnmower man and it's fine. Yeah, it was. She literally called me. Anyway, story. You called me. You read it to me over the phone and it was delightful. <laughs> I love being read to. It's it's I don't know what to say. <laughs> now you don't know what I, to say. And, th- and that I'm like, maybe it's a coddling comfort thing having yeah. somebody read to you. I have I have not had someone just read to me besides all my audiobooks where someone's technically reading to me. So there's Yeah, that. it's probably a comfort thing. Mm-hmm. My dad used to read to me a lot, so that's probably it. Yeah. Okay. How precious. You already talking about fat assholes? Yes. Speaking and of we're which. not even talking about fat assholes. But we are talking a lot about ass stuff. Or you know what? Not really. There's just a lot of ass fucking in this. And, okay. Ass and titties. Ass and titties. I think I saved this as ass stuff. You saved this document on your computer as ass stuff. <laughs> Fuck. I did. You did. On my work computer, Please too. Please be careful going home so I can make sure that everybody knows that. I need that. to delete that. <laughs> now that you say it, it's literally on my work laptop. <laughs> Saved us ass stuff. Yeah. I'm going to send Ben an email from your work computer that says, can you, I think I have a virus just oh so God. he can find it. Well, he'll be intrigued to learn more about Carl Pan's round. All right, let's roll. So this motherfucker. Okay. All right. He was born June 28th of 1891 um, on a farm near the East Grand Forks, Minnesota. The sixth of seven children born to East Prussian immigrants, Johan or John. <laughs> Gittelbib. I don't know. What? Gottelbib. Gottlieb Panzram. Um, he was born January 28th, 1843, died June 6th, 1926. No one really cares. And Mathilda Elizabeth Lizzie Panzram, the mom, obviously. She was born on New Year's Eve. Look at that bitch go in 1849. And she passed sadly December 6th of 1923. Now, he obviously had six other siblings um, and they worked on that family farm because they were young labor, obviously. Now, he yeah, they used to be like, pretty much from the jump. Yeah. Yes, they only had kids to then work, do work for them. Yeah, they'd be like, you're six years old. Why don't you work 50 hours a week again? Let's talk about it. I don't know why it. we don't do that now, and but then, I'll let that go. Yeah. Until there were truancy laws, which then made it illegal for parents to not send their kids to school. And that did actually happen while he was a child. So Panzerum's parents were very angry. Now, what I did read is that his parents were not psychopaths like he ends up being. And I could be using psychopaths, sociopaths, paths, all of that incorrectly in this case. We're going to figure it out together and we can all kind of decide. Blame Wikipedia. Um, Yeah. (laughs) No, I'll never blame Wiki. That's my baby. Um, (laughs) So his parents were super pissed about having their kids sent to school during the day and forced them to work in the fields throughout the night instead. Oh. So that's probably not great. Um, (laughs) He later reported that he would get just two hours of sleep before he'd have to get up for school. So apparently his parents weren't psychopaths, but they were assholes. Punishments in the household also range from being chained to being starved. 
What? Mm-hmm. He reflected on his early childhood with the sentiment that he was not liked by other children. By the age of five, he claimed that he was a liar and a thief, and he recalled that he became meaner the older he grew. His father abandoned the family when he was seven years old, and apparently, they just, like, leave. What like, do you mean? Like, that men didn't get divorced. They would just leave. They're just and, like, like, never come home. I'm over it. Like, I'm, I'm going go to go to the milk. store, quote-unquote, yeah. and just, and never just come back. not come back. Could you imagine? No. I'm like, yeah, totally. Yes, no, I could no. totally not imagine. No. No. Now I'd be like, my dad was murdered. He went missing. He went missing. Not like he just he ran fa- away. He found a different family. He ran away from home. Yeah. Like they used to say. Always. Four of his older brothers left and then one of them drowned, which we're not going to go into because apparently no one cares. So let's talk about his early criminal record. All right. His run-ins with the law started in at 1899. Oh. When he was the ripe Ripe old age. You're about to say like 12. Of eight. Eight? Mm-hmm. What do you do at eight? He was charged. Are you ready? With docking? You don't get charged for that. <laughs> okay. He was charged in juvenile court with being drunk and disorderly. Drunk? He's eight. I know. He's probably a chain smoker then, too. <laughs> and in he had 19- a hard day at work and came home and had a bourbon? What do yeah. you mean he's eight? This is made up. I didn't didn't write it. I don't know. So in 1903, when he was 11, he was arrested and jailed for being drunk and incorrigible. And what? Incorrigible, which is a term that they would use whenever they were detaining youth. Not long after his second arrest, he stole a cake, apples, and a revolver. He's drunk? From a neighbor's home. That sounds like a party. I grab the cake. There's apples on the counter. And get that... Get that shotgun over there. Let's yes. go. We're going to have ourselves a large time. You know that if I was incorrigible or whatever that word was, that's what I said. No, I'm kidding. That, that I would steal a fucking cake. I probably have. You probably have. I probably have. I've certainly stolen an apple or two. <laughs> In October of 1903, his mother sent him to the Minnesota State Training School. That um, is apparently a reform school. And he later wrote in his autobiography because... He wrote an autobiography <laughs> that he was repeatedly beaten, tortured, and raped by staff members oh. in a workshop the children dubbed the paint shop due to leaving the room painted with bruises and blood. That's terrible. Yeah. Ugh. So things really suck. Yeah. He obviously hated the school so much that he was like, fuck it, I'm going to burn it down. Oh, he torched it? And he did that successfully uh-huh. without anyone finding out on July 7th of 1905. So he was like... 13 years old. Holy. Didn't like his school. Because he was being beaten, raped, and tortured and caught it on fire. I think I'd burn that bitch down, too. Yeah. So then three years later in January, Pansran is paroled from the Red Wing Training School, where he had been detained after stealing money from his mother's pocketbook. Because this guy has been arrested so many times, it's going to blow you away. So he's like 13 and been arrested four times. That's not so bizarre. And detained. Like, not just arrested and in the drunk tank and back out. Yeah. By his early teens, he exhibited alcoholism, duh, had a lengthy criminal rap sheet, as we know. Mostly it was burglary and robbery offenses. At age 14, though, a couple weeks after his parole and two weeks after attempting to kill a Lutheran cleric with a revolver, he runs away from home to live on the streets. What? So he travels via train cars because that's what everyone does and later recalled having been gang raped by a group of homeless men on one of those occasions. Man. Mm -hmm. 
That he sounds not like a stellar human, but I don't wish any of that Everything rapey that nonsense on anybody. Take the rape out, which is the worst to me as a young boy. I don't know what the worst is, but as a female, yeah. rape is very hard to come like to move through emotionally. Yeah. I think there's a this is just my opinion. I'm fucking no one in this world. <laughs> I think it's harder for a male because they're now emasculated. There's a part of them that's taken away. As a woman, we live our whole lives in fear of someone attacking and taking something from us. As a man, they don't. And I think when it is, it changes their demeanor completely. I mean, that had to, especially back then, like the time well, period too on top of think. that. It's like, well, we say that. Walk it off and toughen up. Well, let's talk about it too, because at that time frame, there was a concept of, like a sexual sadism where you wouldn't treat a woman or a young girl, and I'm talking under the age of 14. Yeah. You would still have sex with 14-year-olds in sex houses, right, females. But you would do worse things to young boys. And so they would dress oh. up in a feminine way, and they were paid for sex in a more demeaning, torturous fashion, if you will. Whoa. So I wouldn't treat a, a young 14-year-old girl that way, but I, I would treat a young... 14 year old boy that way so there's yeah you used to go to sex stores i never that thought way. about that well i wonder why not right. these are just <laughs> things that i think about apparently but no it, it's just a bizarre concept yeah we had watched um a show i'm trying to remember what it was called it's an older show and damn i'm gonna have to look it up and reference it but it's the like dakota fanning was in it I'm going to have to look it up. I'm looking it up. I'm telling everybody as I look it up so that now Jordan can't cut this out. And that's probably really annoying. Um, <laughs> um, I want to say it's like alias. Aliens. Signs. Anal the alienist. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. The alienist. They only had two seasons, which is kind of a bummer. But that was one of them. Like one season was literally them killing little boys. And it was like boys that were like whorehouses that were full of very young boys dressed up as women that was like they would just openly have sex with. So there's a weird, yes, we think it's taboo to the degree of if I was in love with a man and I wanted to have sexual pleasure with a man to man environment, homophobic, if you will. But if I want to get my rocks off in a young, a young boy's special place, then it would be okay. So I don't yeah. know. It's wild, but let's carry on. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you're probably not going to get to your stories today. I'm on page two of 17. So as we go into it, he's detained because he stole his mom's pocketbook. By his early teens, he was an alcoholic. It was mostly burglary and robbery. At age 14, he tries uh, to kill somebody. He runs away from home, lives on the streets, travels by train cars, gets gang raped. That's, that is what happens in the summer of 03. I don't really know, but 06, January 06. In the summer of 1906, He's arrested for burglar, burglary in Butte, Montana. So this is going to happen all over the place. And he's sentenced to one, years, one year imprisonment at Montana State Reform School in Miles City. He claimed that after a guard punished him, he assaulted and critically injured the man with a wooden board. Whoa. Yeah. As a punishment, he had to spend some time in solitary confinement. The following year, Pansram and a fellow inmate named James Benson escaped from Montana State Reform School and stole guns. In Terry, Montana. In cake. Yeah. In the coming weeks, Pansram and Benson repeatedly broke into stores and and buildings, and they really went after churches. I don't know why to that. And then they would catch everything on fire. Just causing ruckus. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of ruckus. They decided to separate in Fargo, North Dakota. 
later in two in ni- not 2007 that'd be wild <laughs> you you said that i'm like i think it was old yes yes which is why it's easier to make jokes when it's in 1900 right later in 1907 after getting drunk in helena montana in a saloon because it was a saloon time was swinging doors yeah he enlisted in the u.s army oh. and he was assigned to the sixth infantry at Fort William Henry Harrison, refusing to take orders from officers. Let me just pause real quick. This motherfucker was arrested 1,800 times, and he gets to sign up for the U.S. Army. I mean. I have a problem with trying to kill people, burning things down. Yeah, I'm sure it might. And this, I don't know shit about fuck, so it, could, it was probably a little bit more lax back then. They're like, cool. What do you mean? Come on. We need every able body because we're just going to get you Can killed just, in five minutes anyway. You have a pulse. Let's go. Yes. So obviously he had issues with taking um, orders from officers and was generally just insubordinate because he fucking sucks. He was convicted of larceny for stealing $80 worth of supplies and served a prison sentence in the U.S. disciplinary barracks at Fort Leavenworth between 1908 and 1910 with U.S. Secretary of War William Toward Taft officially approving his sentencing. He later claimed that while he had been a rotten egg, air quote, before imprisonment at the military penitentiary, any shred of goodness left in him was smashed out. That's what he wrote. Whoa. This is where... I feel like it was already being smushed before that. I would agree. And now it's like he's just throwing the towel finally. an angry person in general. Yeah. I think he had an explosive, addictive, narcissistic personality well, he young. Had vodka in his baby bottle, basically, from yeah, what but you said. He, but, and that was his choice, though, right? Like, yeah. it ate, that was him... It wasn't in his baby bottle, right? He found yeah, it and he yeah. drank it. Yeah. But also, if you're just being star, I don't know. I don't know. Fucking uh, crazy times. Yeah. Crazy times. Yep. After he was released, obviously, with a dishonorable discharge, he resumed his career as a thief, stealing items that range from bicycles to yachts. Whoa. He was caught and imprisoned multiple times. He served prison sentences under his own name and various aliases. In Fresno, California, Rusk, Texas, the Dally, the Dallas, I don't fucking know, Oregon, Harrison, Idaho, Butte, Montana, Montana State Prison, as you know, he went through different names there, Connecticut, Clinton Correctional Facility, Washington, D.C., New York, Damn. Leavenworth, Kansas. He's all over. Yes. While he was incarcerated, he frequently attacked guards and also refused to follow their orders. Shocking enough. Right. The guards retaliated, subjecting him to beatings and other, other punishments as well. In his autobiography, he wrote that he was rage personified and that he would often rape men whom he had robbed. He was noted for his large stature and great physical strength due to years of hard labor at Leavenworth and other prisons, which aided him in overpowering most men. He also engaged in vandalism and arson because he loved the fi- He was probably a fire sign. <laughs> Am I was going to make any <laughs> The moon is in Aries tomorrow, so maybe he would have some feelings about that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm so glad you don't talk like that. <laughs> oh, I would be so great. By his own admission, one of the few times he did not engage in criminal activities was when he was employed as a strike breaker against union employees. On one occasion, he tried to sign aboard as a ship steward on an army transport vessel, but was discharged when they they like reported him coming to work intoxicated. So essentially, the guy got onto a barge, acted like he was someone in the army transport to work, and then showed up to his work drunk. <laughs> <laughs> like when you stop and hear this, it's like, what the absolute fuck? I know. Like who, someone tell me who I want to show. <laughs> Could you imagine coming to work drunk? 
I mean, I've only done it like two times. <laughs> I just think about that and I'm like, mm, not like I haven't done it in my past life. Yeah. Like still drunk from the still, night before. Yeah. Not like yeah. I'm like, meet me for brunch and then we ride at dawn. Right. We clock in at eight. Like, have you ever had bath? I've, I made the best coffee. It's a nice coffee and there's <laughs> just a little hint of that mama juice. Little Bailey's mom juice. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how things actually get even worse, if you can imagine it. So he claims in his autobiography that after he escaped um, a chain gang sentence at Rusk, Texas, he went to fucking Mexico in the winter of 1910 to try to enlist in the Federales. Uh, oh. He took a train to Del Rio, Texas, got off in a small town 50 to 100 miles east of El Paso. He later said that he claimed to have abducted, assaulted, and strangled a man about a mile from town and then stolen $35 from the victim. Damn. In the summer of 1911, he's going by the alias of Jefferson Davis, and he's arrested in Fresno, California for stealing a bicycle. He was sentenced to six months in county jail, but escaped after 30 days. So how does he pick? How do you pick your alias? He's like, I think in the 1900s, you just pick a name. Yeah, but you know, like what was, like what my name is now. I go by Carla Thomas. Like, what do you? How you just Jefferson go to a different location and pick a random name? Just grab a name out of a baby book, huh? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. All right, I'd um, pick something cooler than that. I, sh- I don't know how to tell you. Pans ran. Pans Ram later claimed that after his escape while riding on a boxcar in California, he disarmed an armed man. He either called a railway detective or a railway brake man, whom he then forced. To rape a homeless man at gunpoint oh. before throwing them both off of the train. What the fuck did you just say to me? Yeah, he took a gun, made another guy, raped <sighs> another guy, and then threw them to the death. Did he? Oh, that's terrible for one. Did he have like a female? Was he? Let's keep going. Okay. So he admitted years later that once when he was hiding in Bordello, his wallet was stolen and he was infected with gonorrhea. Because somebody took his wallet. And then he became bar- paranoid. That's literally the order of events. My wallet was stolen. I got the gonorrheas. <laughs> That's so stupid. And now I'm paranoid. That's so stupid. Maybe it's a sign of maybe gonorrhea. I know syphilis can make some crazy, makes you crazy. So maybe gonorrhea can make you crazy too. Yeah, maybe. I think you need more information on what STDs in the 1900s could do to your mental state, Heather. I guess I should look into that. Light reading. In 1913, he was going by the alias of Jack Allen. That's a that's a fun one. Jack and he's Allen. arrested in some other places for highway robbery, assault, and sodomy. Couldn't keep the dick out the butt. Man. Couldn't keep the dick out the butt. He definitely. He broke out of jail again because jails were apparently just really fun little spaces with open doors. Unlocked open doors. <laughs> he was in jail for only two months. He was later arrested, but then he also escaped another Why? jail in Idaho. He was again arrested in Minnesota, and he was sentenced to a year for burglary. I'm sure, once again. Does he give people gonorrhea when he robs them? He or is he, he just... I, I didn't hear anything about him getting a shot in his butt for the gonorrhea, so yeah. I'm going to assume he's now just raging with the gono. Oh, God. Yeah. On April 27th of 1913, as I mentioned, he was using that Jefferson Davis alias. All right, we're now moving into a new name. His name is Jeff Baldwin. He is sentenced to seven years to be served at the Oregon State Penitentiary in Salem. Salem, like? I don't know. Where he was taken on June 24th, 1915. 50-year-old Warden Harry Minto believed in harsh treatment of inmates including beatings and isolation, 
among other disciplinary measures. Now, I assume he also just got put in really shitty prisons after bad things happened, but then that would make him more angry. He swore that he would never do that seven years, and I defied the warden and all his officers to make me. Later that year, he helped fellow inmate Otto Hooker (laughs) escape from the prison while attempting to evade recapture. Hooker killed Minto. That would be my alias. Which was the warden. So. Damn. This event marked Pans Ram's first known involvement in a murder as an accessory before the fact. Though, obviously, it sounds like he probably was doing, he, doing he did murders other. elsewhere. <laughs> he did do some fucked up other shit elsewhere. There's no way. Yes. And this is when they're noting now his different aliases as Jefferson Davis and Jeff Rhodes as well. And he falsely gave his age as 30 and his place of birth as Alabama. His only truth, truthful statement was uh, that he what, that his occupation was a thief. That's what he put down. He has to be proud somewhere. He's <laughs> it's like, there's one thing I'm going to take with me, and it's my occupation. I've worked hard. Why would you I've been say, doing this since I was eight years old. Right. You could say you're a property removal specialist. You don't have to say. It was the 1900s. Thief. Yeah. But I, I do like property church removal. Church of Yeah. You know. I'm sure he was very concerned with Sandwich churching. artist churching it up Uh, he should be as he was burning the churches down so (laughs) he was also disciplined several times while at salem including 61 days in solitary confinement Ooh, yeah before he escaped again what the why are they leaving the door open that's what i'm he's like a cat that gets out of a barn like what do you do why they're always like how did fucking tucker get out of the back barn again did you leave did you leave the door closed Open. Did you leave the door? Open? Did you leave the door closed? <laughs> would have been, he got out through the he window. Got, <laughs> you, know, you know Tucker likes to jump up there on Who the Who is sink. Tucker? The cat? The cat. <laughs> you just go, I was like, I think she means the cat. But yeah, Tucker. What, that gets Tucker out the, the closed cat. barn door. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> I, what I truly that? don't know. So he ended up escaping. Okay. Uh, September 18th of 1917, after two shootouts in which he attempted to shoot Chief Deputy Sheriff Joseph Frum, he was recaptured, recaptured <laughs> and returned to the prison. On May 12th of 1918, he escaped again by sawing through the bars of with, his cell. With what? I don't know. I would like someone to tell me. With this, yeah, we'll wait. <laughs> I don't know. I wish somebody could, because I don't know how. I don't know. Maybe they gave hand saws to fucking prisoners. I don't know. Well, who knows? Well, they just let him out the front door all the fucking time. And apparently, there was just a freight train somewhere nearby, and he decided to head east. And now he's John O'Leary. What? No. He, went he shaved Irish? off his mustache and he changed his appearance. All new man. John O'Leary. That sounds yep. like a fun bar to go go to on St. Patrick's Day. He sounds like a safe bet. Like, oh, it's just a. John, John he'll O'Leary. give you a ride home drunk. He won't try to touch your pee-pee. <laughs> he won't try to dock. Was trying I can't to touch your pee-pee. Let's go. He's like, I'm never going to return to the Northwest. Okay. We're like, the Northwest is like, good riddance. Yeah, I'm sure and they're cool with it, bro. He ends up in New York City. Oh. He got a semen. What? Like S-E-A-M-A-N. Identification oh. card. <laughs> I was like, what? There's ID cards for that? <laughs> And his yep, still white. Like, what you, well, his probably wasn't. 
and sailed on the steamship James S. Whitney to Panama. Then he tried to steal a small boat with the help of a drunken sailor who killed everyone on board and was arrested. Still free, he traveled to Peru to work in a copper mine. After that, he traveled to Chile, London, Edinburgh, Paris, and Hamburg. That 1920, he commits robbery in Newport, Rhode Island. September 16th, 1920, he burglarizes the the Taft Mansion in New Haven, Connecticut. By that time, that was the residence of a former president. Yeah. Dude is ballsy. Oh, I thought you were going to say the president. That's why I waited. Oh, what? <laughs> you said a former president, and then you paused. Oh, sorry. Was... William Howard Taft. Um, <laughs> he specifically targeted the mansion out of the fact that he had been holding out against Taft since his, incarcer- his incarceration at Fort Leavenworth, because he's the guy that signed it. Oh. Yeah. He stole a large amount of jewelry. <laughs> and bonds, and he also took Taft's Colt M1911, a forty-five caliber handgun. Dun dun dun. Man. Using Taft's stolen money, he bought a small sailing yacht, the Akista, and embarked on an eight-year-long murder spree, what? which spanned across several countries and involved multiple mul- multiple victims. Sailing south to New York City for three months. He would lure sailors away from port bars into the yacht, made them drunk before he would put it in their buttholes. Wait. And then he would murder them with Taft's stolen pistol. So he just. Subsequently. Keep going. Dumping their bodies near Execution Rocks Light in Long Island Sound. First of all. At this time. Oh. (laughs) They believe he killed 10 men during his sex capades. I'm now done talking for one second. It's so, first of all, that's sad. So he would just get them all liquored up and then put it in their butt and kill them like that. Dude, that... It's literally like us in college. Like, what? So we weren't What's murdered that? and it I was, wasn't our butt. I was like, what is this us stuff? <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. How terrible. He would meet, he yeah. would meet guys in the bar and be like, hey, I got a, I got a boat over here. And guys are like, boats Want, and hoes, right? boats and hoes. Want to see my boat? Like, <laughs> that's how I picture him saying that. You want yeah. to see my boat? And they're like, yeah. Sure. Boats are cool. And they're like, I got some more liquor. And it's cheaper. <laughs> you know? And then he goes, gets some drunk. This is a, there's a lot of voices in this. There's if anybody wants happening. to hire her for contract voiceover work, <laughs> pay me 30%. Okay. Anyway, so the sailor murders ended only after the Akista ran aground and sank. Oh. That was the good old universe being like, no more butt stuff in here. No. <laughs> I'm done. I'm oh. done. And I'm. T- <laughs> Ow. Heather just smashed her head into the microphone. I will be a very inspiring pirate when I have to wear an eye patch. Uh huh. After this. So it ran aground and it sank, and the last two potential victims ended up escaping to parts unknown, says Wikipedia. On October 26, he was arrested in Connecticut for burglary and possession of a loaded handgun. In 21, he served six months in the in a jail at Bridgeport, Connecticut. And then he got out. Uh huh. I'm sure <laughs> he caught a. He yes, he did. And then he caught a ship to South Africa. Um, not South Africa, Southern Africa, and landed in places that are hard to pronounce. In 1921, he was a foreman of an oil rig in Angola, and he later burned it down out of what he said was spitefulness. Shortly after, he decided to seek out a virgin girl. Oh, girl. Get ready for this. Okay. Pansram paid a resident Angola family 80 
Eshudas, which is $8 in the U.S. Okay. And in exchange, he was given a 12-year-old girl Stop. whom he raped in mm-hmm. his shack later that night. He then returned the girl to her family, demanding his money back because he said that she wasn't an actual virgin. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so then the family no. gives him an 8-year-old girl. Stop. He also raped her. And then he also took her back and said that she, too, wasn't a virgin. Are you fucking kidding me? He then claimed that he raped and killed an Angolan boy estimated to be about 11 or 12 years old. In his his confession to his murder, he wrote, his brains were coming out of his ears when I left him and he will never be a debtor. He will never be any debtor. He also claimed that he hired a boat with six rowers, shot the rowers with a Luger pistol and threw their bodies to the crocodiles. Why the fuck is he so... He needs to calm the fuck down. I will relay that message. All of this is... Okay. Unbelievable, right? I told you. Is this a movie? We'll get to that. (laughs) After his return to the U.S., Pansram asserted he raped and killed two small boys, Mm -hmm. beating one to death with a rock. On July 18, 1922, in Salem, Massachusetts, and strangling the other later that year near New Haven. After his murder spree in Salem, Pansram worked as a night watchman in Yonkers, New York, north of Manhattan, at a Abico mill factory in Providence. He stole a yawl and sailed to New Haven, seeking victims to rob and rape and boats to steal. What? In June 23... In New Rochelle, New York, he stole a yacht belonging to the police chief of New Rochelle. Ain't that crazy? He's like, I'm going to steal a yacht and I'm going to steal the police chiefs. Uh, <laughs> I'm listening to all this. T- <laughs> and then later. Your voices are bringing me joy. I'm glad. Continue. And I hope they're not annoying our listeners. They're not. After he got his yacht, he was like, you know what would what? be nice? What would be a nice? A 15-year-old boy to join me. God damn it. His name's George Wallison, and he promised him a job on the boat, but instead he sodomized him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to him after that. On hopefully June 27th, he on lived the river. A happy life. <laughs> yes, hopefully he left. Yes, yeah, I mean. And hopefully. he got a great job, met a lovely woman. Yes. And was hugged frequently. Yes. That's what happened to George Wallison. Thank you. On June 27th, on the river near Kingston, New York, Pansram claimed he picked a man up, but then believing the man was going to attempt to rob him, he used a 38 caliber pistol from the stolen yacht to kill the John Doe. Pansram threw the body into the river. The next day, he and Wallison, our friend George, who hasn't left yet, mm. docked at Poughkeepsie, New York. He stole $1,000 worth of fishing nets. Then at Newburgh, New York, Wallison, having witnessed the murder the day before, jumped overboard and swam ashore. So he did get away. He reported to the police at Yonkers that he had been sexually assaulted by Pansram. An alert went out to Captain John O'Leary. On June 29th, John O'Leary was arrested in Nwack, New York. That's literally spelled N-Y-A-C-K. Please tell me how anyone else would say that. In, yeah. Nwack, New York. <laughs> Yeah. On July 9th. <laughs> I didn't know you are going to use this as your voiceover audition. <laughs> this is delightful. It's from Santa Maybe. I want him to know all of my great voices. Oh, yeah. Santa Maybe, everyone. Another podcaster out there. Give him a listen. Yes, Jason. That's his name. Indeed. And he wears very fun suits and hats. Yeah. He's a very nice guy. <laughs> 
On July 9th, Panzran tried to escape from jail. He later conned his lawyer by giving him ownership of a stolen boat in return for bail money. So, of course, Panzram skipped the bail, and the boat was confiscated by the government agents. On the 26th, O'Leary, once more Panzram, was arrested in Larchmont, New York, after breaking into a train depot. Three days later, on August 29th, he was cleared as a suspect in the stabbing death of Dorothy Kaufman of Greenberg, New York, which was committed a month prior. He was sentenced to five years imprisonment for every for the sexy stuff. While in county jail, he confessed to the alias of Jess, Jeff Baldwin and that he wanted that he was wanted in Oregon for the murder of a policeman, Minto. After first being imprisoned in Sing Sing Prison in October, Panzran was imprisoned at Clinton Prison in Dannemora, New York, as inmate number 7182. So he had zero chill. He literally didn't fucking be like, you know what? I'm just going to listen to the radio. Was that a thing? I don't so, think it was a thing. I'm just going to go watch a picture show and take a fucking day off. Like, it didn't sound like he did that. So I think what we have to keep in mind is that this guy was breaking out of prison everywhere. Mm-hmm. So every single time that he would break out of prison, he had to relocate, change his identity rob someone or something to yeah. get more money so that he could eat food because he liked ass. <laughs> I, you he, know, I just like, he, there was no chill because the second he was like, well, I'm going to rob you. And if it's like somebody's face that he kind of like, he was like, well, I'm, I, now I have to do other stuff. His do butt stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the ass stuff literally just, he didn't just take a day off. No. Be like, I heard the Charlie Chaplin movie was great. Well, you know, at just least take at a one fucking point, day off. I, I hear you. He's a workaholic. If I ever heard a horlick, of work, he's a workaholic. <laughs> he tried to escape, but ended up. So he tried to break out of jail again. But this time he hurt his spine and he also broke his ankles. So I'm going to guess he about, tried to jump out of a window. My assumption based off of broken ankles. I mean, yeah, that's what it sounds he like. He was just discharged, though, because <laughs> you should let him go. In July of 1928, and then he committed another murder. What? I What? <laughs> the summer in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he does finally get arrested in Baltimore. And this one looks like it's going to stick. And it was for burglary again. It was August 30th of 1928. So that same year, the very next year, he steals a radio and some jewelry from a home of a dentist. Uh-uh. Don't fuck with dentist guys. No. They got them chompas. <laughs> three men, and this was on August 20th, three men were also arrested as accomplices, and most of the jewelry was actually recovered. Panzram gave his correct name, although he lied by claiming he was 41 and that he was from Nevada. Whatever. He he kind of sucks at, he gets fucking caught all the time. Like, yeah. he may break out, but, like, you kind of suck because he gets caught, like, a lot. Yeah, because he's doing a lot. I know of he's bad doing stuff. a lot of shit, but like, how are you gonna get caught? You know what I mean? You, normally they'd be like, and then he got away. You and literally then. said that he worked too much. I know. And now you're saying he got caught too much. He does. He's doing too much shit. Because he get, sucks. I know he does Tyler? suck, and I'm mad, but he gets caught every single time. There's not one time you're like, and then he got away with it, and then he went somewhere else and did something. I I literally know. have said that 800 I times. I know. So to be, he keeps getting caught. 
You're giving me mixed signals. Like those boys in the locker room docking. (laughs) I'm angry. Are you gay or are you not? I am. (laughs) Do you like penis or do you not? I'm very confused and you're confusing me too. I am angry because he keeps getting caught. I know he's going to do bad shit. You're not mad that he's going to do. Okay. Let's then be happy that he keeps getting caught. Let's go in here. Okay. He lies about his age and where he's from because those are the things you lie about. During his interrogation, he confessed to killing three young boys earlier that month. One in Salem, one in Connecticut, and a 14-year-old newsboy in Philadelphia. This is where we understand the depth of everything. Because, yes, there was so much that I just told you. Mm -hmm. And that's why I didn't try to fucking rewrite this like I'm a fucking high-paid journalist. No way you could have. He confesses to killing a boy at Pier 28 on League Island near Philadelphia in August of 28. That was confirmed. Boston police were unable to corroborate his other confession, the murder of a boy in Charleston, Massachusetts. He later wrote that he had contemplated mass murders and other acts of mayhem, such as poisoning a city's water supply with arsenic or scuttling a... a, 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 a. (laughs) Scuttling? Scuttling a British warship in New York Harbor to provoke a war between the U.S. and Britain. What scuttle? What does that mean? I'm going to assume trying to, like, start... Like making it look like fuck around and find out and like enemy warfare of some, I I don't know scuttle. Make a note and googs it. In the light of his extensive criminal record, he was sentenced to twenty five years to life. Upon arriving to the Leavenworth Federal Penitentiary, he was identified as inmate number three one six one four. He warned the warden, "He warned. I'll kill the first man that bothers me." Because he was considered too psychotic, he was assigned to work alone in the prison laundry room where the foreman, Mr. Robert Warnke, was known to bully and harass other prisoners because he, too, had some daddy issues. Right. And Warnke would soon antagonize Pansram, even though people were like, dude, don't fuck with that guy. And so what do you think Pansram did? He beat him to death. Oh, man. On June 20th, the 29th, with an iron bar. Oh. Mm-hmm. 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 He was then, because of that, convicted and sentenced to death. He refused to allow any appeals of his sentence. In response to offers from death penalty opponents and human rights activists to intervene on the death of a serial killer and a rapist and burglar and arsonistism. Arsonist. (laughs) Arsonistism. Fucker. Yeah. There's actually people who are like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Fuck you, motherfucker. (laughs) Anyway. They scuttled about. They scuttled everywhere. He said, the only thanks you and your kind will ever get from me for your efforts on my behalf is that I wish you all had one neck and that I had my hands on it. That was, okay. I don't like him, but that was a good little movie line, if you will. Yeah, he was like, I just wish you were all one person so I could strangle the life out of you. I wish I could put both of my hands around all of your necks simultaneously. Drops the mic. I love how he's like, thanks for trying to save me, but I'd rather kill you. Yeah. Okay. Crazy fuck. While on death row, Mr. Pansram was befriended by an officer named Henry Philip Lesser, who would give him money to buy cigs. He was so astonished by this act of kindness that after Lesser provided him with writing materials, Pansram wrote a detailed summary of his crimes. Whoa. And his philosophy while he was waiting execution. And that is his autobiography that he ended That's up like writing. out? Yeah. He explicitly denied having any remorse for any of his actions and began his journal with the statement, 
in my lifetime, I have murdered 21 human beings. I have committed thousands of burglaries, robberies, larcenies, arsons, and last but not least, I have committed sodomy on more than 1,000 male human beings. For all of these things, I am not in the least bit sorry. I have no conscience, so that does not worry me. That is a thousand. So terrible. Right? Mm hmm. This is awful. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I don't even know where to. Yeah. It's fucking nuts. It is. Yeah. He was hanged on September 5th of 1930. As officers attempted to place the customary black hood over his head, he spat in the executor's face. When asked for any last words, he responded, yes, hurry it up, you Hoosier bastard. I could kill a dozen men while you're screwing around. Whoa, Hoosier bastard. Wasn't even in Indiana. I know. Hoosier bastard. <laughs> Ain't that crazy? Yeah. Could you, could you imagine that they're going to kill somebody? He's like, don't put that fucking shit on me. If you could do it faster, I could have already killed 12 men in the time it's taken you to fuck around. Yeah, that's, he sounds very stable. He was buried in the Leavenworth Penitentiary uh, graveyard and only by his prison number, not his name. Good. 316. I bet he haunts it. I don't know. I think he was, he didn't have any unfinished business, you know? Yeah, clearly he didn't. He was very busy. Yeah. No wonder he got gonorrhea. I mean. I mean, flailing it all around. Fucking, what's that guy's name from uh, Two and a Half Men? Oh, I don't watch it. The, oh, Charlie Sheen? The yeah. guy that plays it? Mm-hmm. Giving me Charlie Sheen vibes. <laughs> I'm shoving it into things. Oh, my God. So the former prison guard, Henry Lesser, he actually saved all the letters. And he's the one that made the autobiographical manuscript. Yeah. He spent the next four de- decades trying to have this material published. He did? Mm-hmm. Um, in 1980, he ended up donating it to the San Diego State University where they housed it as Carl Panzram Papers in the Malcolm A. Love Library, which is unbelievable. And then other writers, Thomas E. Gaddis and Joe Long, co-wrote Killer, a journal of murder in 1970. And they'd consulted with Lesser, who let them draw from the manuscript for the work. Wow. Marilyn Manson, in his song, The Nobodies, he sings the lyric, Today I'm dirty, I want to be pretty, tomorrow I know I'm just dirt, which is from one of Pan's Ram's quotes. Whoa. Yeah. They did do a uh, Fantagraphics book in 2005, which was published by Joel Coleman's comic book, Muzzlers, Guzzlers, and the Good Yeggs, which had a section that was dedicated to his life. As for movies... There's a Yugoslav film, Stra- uh, Strangler vs. Strangler. I don't know. That's in 1984. It's about an ostensible, I don't know what that, ooh, big word. What a- uh, serial killer, which talks about his quote, I wish you all had one neck and my hands were around it. In 95, Virtuosity. He's one of the prototypes for a virtual reality serial killer named Sid 6.7. Oh, Jesus. Killer, a journal of murder, 95, was loosely based on his journals. It featured James Woods in the role of Pan's Ram and Robert Sean Leonard as Henry Lesser. The German horror film Scram begins with a quote, a quote from him, Today I am dirty, but tomorrow I'll be just dirt. And then uh, John Borowski released a documentary Carl Panzram, The Spirit of Hatred and Vengeance in 2012. Shit, fuck. Woo! Man, that was a lot. That was a lot. That was, 
a lot. That was a lot, guys. I don't think we've ever talked about ass, literal ass, as much as we did today. It's a good day. Is it? Uh, I'm always down to talk about ass. <laughs> you know, if there's something that's on the tip of my tongue every day, it's ass. <laughs> that sound, I'm going to take that sound bite uh-huh. and make it your ringtone. Please. <laughs> Don't, the tip of my tongue. The tip I'm of her tongue here. is always on ass. You guys are hearing a lot of breaking news. <laughs> a lot of breaking news. So, ah, oh, shit. That was wild. That was wild. I'm sorry that you had done work and I just took up the entire hour. Yeah, it was a power hour of fun and we are getting close. <laughs> so, I don't know what to say about this one. What is there to say? Nothing? I think it's a... Um, Glad he's dead? Yeah. Sucks for all those people. I think that, okay, so I'm I'm not, okay, firstly, the time frame we're talking about was a really hard time to be alive. So no one kill me for this, but I'm pretty sure a dick in the butt probably wasn't the worst thing that was happening. So the thousand men who, like, I'm hoping it was a horrible situation, but it was something that they were able to move through to continue on with the utter shitty time that they were just alive on this planet we're very lucky to be alive right now in this moment just saying you're hoping that there's light at the end i'm hoping that it it wasn't like it sucked but they can move past it yeah i get, I get what you're yeah, saying yeah like it it sucked and it was a bad thing and i'm definitely saying it it, it wasn't not a bad thing yeah but it they weren't murdered so i'm just hoping for the best on that one yeah they i think serve. it's a a remind it's I think it's shocking that in that time frame, yes, we had we had serial killers, of course, but like for his upbringing to be as bad as it was. And I guarantee I guarantee that upbringing was way more similar and way more regular. I'm sure. Oh, you're not working. I'm not feeding you. I'm literally having kids purely to run the farm to keep us afloat. Yeah, there wasn't love and kindness and all this shit. People weren't getting married because they loved Somebody, they were getting married because it was going to help them bring more cattle to their fucking farm or whatever it was. You yeah. know, it was just, it was such a different time. It was. It and was. so obviously, I like there's times where we're like, oh, where you're fucking trained to be a serial killer. Or you were trained to be a, a fucking rapist because of this horrible shit that was happening to you at a young age when you were so developmental. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Everything fucking sucked back then. If we're shitting in the streets, it's a bad fucking time. <laughs> It's a bad fucking time. Yeah, it, and not all of them grew up to be. That's what I'm saying. That. Like, he did, it was he, a perf- perfect storm of someone who probably already had. He sounded like a sociopath if he didn't have any empathy whatsoever with yeah. all my medical training. Yeah. No, but I, that's what I would guess. He didn't fucking care what he did. He no. just was like, I'm mad. I'm gonna. I'm mad. I'm literally going to sail around the world and do all the awful things he could possibly do. But what? at what point in his life did he ever feel an emotion that wasn't neglect, anger, mm-hmm. rage, pain, shame? Yeah. When, you know, when was he like, you know what? I was my happiest in 1918. That's when I was on that boat. Fuck, like, you know, yeah, like, there I don't, was no good part in his life ever. At eight years old, yeah. he was getting drunk. Yeah. He was already arrested at fucking eight that's, for drunk and disorderly. That's so nutso. Unbelievable. I know. And at eight, to be, to be arrested for drunk and disorderly, let's all wonder what the fuck that would entail. If it, if it's right now, people 
pissing on the side of the street and trying to cause a bar fight. Yeah. And back then, you could literally drive while drunk, and it wasn't a DUI. <laughs> yeah, so, and, and he's eight. And public intox. Where were you publicly so like, intox? Like, what were you doing? Like, what? Because seriously, though, if you think about it, like, he's eight. Go get in a fort. Go play with a stick. Go, I don't know what little boys do. He but like, found a bottle of... Yeah, but instead, like, what was he doing? Just walking around singing his favorite song? And he was on a like, farm. Yeah. What was he, in the middle of the bar? I, fucking showing his ween to everybody <laughs> while doing just, a dance? Right. I don't know. He's like, <laughs> I just, there's questions to that. Yeah. It's like, now, next up, guys, this is Johnny Cash. Like, right. what are you, are you singing karaoke? What are you know. doing? I don't understand. I don't know. I, I wish I knew more, but I don't know that I want to know anymore. I don't want to know anymore about this. He was a pretty this. fucking crazy person. He pretty much just rode the fucking horse named Rage and Anger. Yeah. And Pound Town. And, and went all over the place. Craziness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. There y'all have it. There's the story of Carl Pansram. That's a wrap on that. Damn it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know where to go. I can't wait to think about that one for a long time. I can't wait to go home and tell my family about this story. Because <laughs> that's what I do. Every time we record, I'm like, hey, did you know that a 14-year-old killed his teacher? And they're like, what the fuck, man? Will you sh- oh, yeah. Can you stop this? I'm going to be like, did you know that this guy... I know. I uh, okay. Well, I'm glad that my homework is done for next week. I'm I'm really excited to tell you about this one too. So it's because you're gonna have a lot to say. Awesome. But I'm I'm kind of pout now. I'm like, fuck. I was gonna talk to you about it off of the podcast, and now I have to keep it in my toque another week. So, yeah, I'm excited for you though. For, for I'm excited for you to have your research done. That's always the biggest load <laughs> off is to have your research. So if done. any interns out there, <laughs> yeah, if an intern would like to know more about research, hit would us up. Like to do research for a podcast for um, the low low price of have our friendship and love yes. and affection. Heather's is likely more more expensive than mine. <laughs> so if she was a ooh, what is it? A cameo? You'd be a more expensive cameo. You know what? After today, I'm going to choose to take that. Why would you choose to take it? What would the other option be, sister? I don't feel like, because I don't, I disagree, I guess. Okay. Well. Yeah. But, okay, so you guys, thanks again for, we love when you guys tell us that you listen to this shit. Like, it is, it is a delight that you actually listen, that you reach out to us and give us feedback, that you like our jokes, that you're apparently recruiting your husbands to listen to, because that makes me laugh a lot, especially when we just talked about dicks and buttholes for an hour. We um, might lose a few there. <laughs> just skip this or one. Or they <laughs> might lose their husbands. <laughs> or, be like, oh, like, or they're like, oh, that's what it was called. <laughs> <laughs> Docking. Cool. Yes. But with the kids and their wild ways. Yes. Anyway, yeah, thank you. We love you guys. Um, it makes our hearts really full whenever you say that you love us because we love you. It, yeah, and it makes it would, worth it because this is this is. We would love you more if you subscribed, and then rated, and then told everybody, right? And you just <laughs> stared at me. I don't <laughs> yeah, I, that helps I'll us get seen by either more way. I don't have to request that you. Mark things off the to-do list for me oh. to love you. Well, I'm more expensive, so and there's requirements. Saying. That's what I'm saying. She's the expensive one. She's the harder <laughs> one to please. Um, we love you. Thank you so much. Like, listen, rate, subscribe. We're about to get into spooky season, bitches, so get ready. Here we do go. Here we fucking go. <laughs> All right, I love you, bye. I love you, bye. Theodore, can I put that down?